At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. The first of the year, we started a series in the month of January. I, I shared it first in Word First Conference, and then the rest of the month. Um, and the title of my series was The Wisdom of God Revealed. And I told you that three more times this year, I was going to share with you um, along this line as a reminder of what we started the year out with. In April, I shared this with you, kind of a recap of it. Uh, in the first Sunday in August, I shared a recap. And then this is the third time, the last time that I'm going to share on this. The wisdom of God revealed and, and what it means to us and to each of us today. Um, this year, I gave you a challenge for the whole year to read a proverb a day. I gave you that challenge to read a proverb a day. Um, and, you know, the challenge, a lot of times what I've learned, because I had a tendency early on in my walk with God to think I know better, and, well, I'll, I'll read five proverbs a day. I, you know, I want to get through it quicker. You know, I thought I knew better. When I gave you that challenge, I meant what I said. Just one. Just read it every day and watch what happens in your life. Um, I can tell you that I have grown to another level. I've done this many times through the years. But this year, as I read a proverb a day. I've, I, I, about three times I missed a day, so I read two proverbs the next day. And it was only when I was traveling somewhere and something happened. And I, 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 I started my day out having to run and do stuff and whatever, and I, and I didn't read that proverb. But I read a proverb every day, and I've, at, to this point I've read it. I've read the proverbs through 31 chapters in seven different translations. And I encourage you to do that. And reading a proverb a day has taken me literally to another level. And what I've done from it is I've created a confession of proverbs that I keep adding to. I think, I think I have, I'm up to about 45 different proverbs that I read every day on top of reading a proverb a day. I mean, verses of Scripture from the proverbs is what I'm saying. Like 45 different verses that have jumped out at, to me and have literally empowered my life in a supernatural way like I've never seen before. I mean, literally, I, I've never seen the empowerment that has come from the Proverbs that I'm reading every day. I believe in the book of Proverbs is the answer for everything in your life. That's why I told you, read a proverb a day. Not two, not every other day, not when you feel like it. Read it no matter what. Read it every day. If you haven't done it, take it up today. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm stopping at the end of the year. I may not stop till Jesus comes or till I leave. I may read a proverb every day from now. I mean, why not? What's it going to hurt? Oh, you know, it could, could give me lockjaw or something if I keep reading. No, I'm not going to do anything bad to you. Just make it even better. You know, why not just read the whole Bible every day? I, you know, whatever. You know, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm saying I'm staying with the Proverbs because of the answers to my life that have come this year. Supernatural answers that have come out of the Scripture. See, the deal is we don't, we're not familiar with the Word and you've got to stay on the Word all the time so that it becomes something that is familiar to you, that you understand the Word. Because when, when, when you try the Word for two or three or four or five months or six months or a year or a couple of years, when you try the Word, it's not long enough for it to really have an effect of changing the way you think on a day-to-day -day basis. I've, I, I have to say, this is just my opinion, okay, based on the church world that I know of, 
I have been shocked at how the, the church world has underestimated the value of the spoken word. Or maybe just not understanding the benefit of it. Because what we teach around here and what I'm just sharing with you in, in this today is how that that spoken word transforms you. It transforms your thinking. It, it, and and I'm, not, I'm not speaking the word every day to try to change my circumstances. I'm speaking the word to change the way I think. And, 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 the, and, and my thinking doesn't change because I changed it, the word changes it. But I make the choice to speak it. If I don't make the choice to speak it, it won't change. And you won't change. The main issue in most people's lives, the main issue for the lack of growth and the lack of blessing and the lack of God being able to do what He wants to do in their lives, the main issue is pride. And what is pride? Pride is you think you know better. than the creator of the universe, the one that knows everything about everything, and you know better. When you, when you, and this isn't put in condemnation, I'm just saying, you, me, whoever, when you and I don't do what I've been telling you is so vitally important in your life, when you don't do it, that's what you're saying. You may not be saying it consciously, but you're saying, I know better. Well, I'm too busy. Well, I got this and that. But yeah, but, oh, but you know, I, I've tried that and it just not, it's just not enough. You, you're in pride. And you've got to get rid of the pride. And the only thing that will get rid of the pride is you speaking what the Word says. And I've got some doozies for you today. Amen? Um. I said, I've said this to you throughout the year, that um, if, as you become convinced of a daily routine and of praying the Ephesians and the, and the Colossians prayer, um, you position yourself for greater increase of the wisdom of God than what you've ever had before. Now, all through the year, as we've shared this, I've given you some I feel like some really good definitions of what wisdom is, okay? It's one thing to talk about wisdom, but if you don't describe it and explain it and define it and, and explain how to use it, where it comes from, what to do with it, if you don't explain that, people don't get it. So that's why we're spending the time doing this. And as I just said, confession doesn't change your present circumstances until it changes the way you think so that you can believe the Word. Now, that's a powerful statement right there. I'm going to say it to you again. It's worth remembering this. Confession doesn't change your, pre your present circumstances or situations until it changes the way you think so that you believe that what you say is going to come to pass when you say it, not when you see it. I don't have time to spend on that but that's a great declaration right there. I mentioned to you this year that we, as a church body, we're stepping into our purpose in the earth. I had you say this, it'd be a good thing if you've been saying it all year long. I've said it over myself, this is my year. Amen? This is my year. Anybody else? Anybody else can say, this is my year? Okay? This is my year. <clears throat> and as I said to you, I've grown in this year in ways I've never grown before. Should be that way. You should increase all the time. You should be growing all the time. We should, but, but my growth sped up because of 
the challenge even I gave myself. I challenged you with things, but I challenged myself with things in the same way, and I grew to new levels that I didn't even know I needed to grow in. That's what the seed of the Word does. See, if you're just trying to grow, and you're trying to do it your way, that's another thing. Well, if I just pray more, not what the Word said. Well, if I just, you know, if I, if, if I just read the Bible more, not what the Word said. Praying is great. Reading the Word is great. But that's not what the Word said. And when we understand how vital that God's Word is, we'll begin to see what the wisdom of God produces. You can't separate the Word of God and the wisdom of God. They're one and the same. And who does the Bible say is the Word of God? Jesus is the living Word, correct? Correct? Everybody say amen to that. If Jesus is the living Word, then His words are wisdom. You can't separate wisdom in the Word of God. So, now, I said all that, now i got to give you Scripture to back it up, right? <clears throat> so, I want to read this one verse out of Ephesians 3.10, and I want to read it in two, tra- two translations. First in the Amplified, and it says this. Ephesians 3.10 in the Amplified. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided, many-sided wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and its innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers, authorities, principalities, and powers in, in the heavenly sphere. In other words, in other words, it's the church's responsibility to tap the wisdom of God from the Word of God, from the knowledge of God's Word, to tap the wisdom of God, and through the wisdom, shut down the principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places that are liars trying to control the minds of people, telling them that things are a certain way when God's Word says they're a totally different way. And whose responsibility is? Not the government. Responsibility is the church. Everybody say, I'm the church. I'm the church, you're the church, we're the church, right? The body of Jesus Christ around the world. It's the church's responsibility to tap the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God doesn't come without the confession and the declaration of the Word, developing a daily routine of that on a day-to-day basis. It just doesn't come. The wisdom of God doesn't come. So we fight the devil from the top of our head. Ephesians 3.10 in the Passion Translation. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. I'm just going to tell you this. One thing that you have to get out of your vocabulary is this. You've got to get out of your vocabulary, number one, out of your thinking, and then talking this way, that the planet is waiting for God to do something to save it. God's already done everything He's going to do to save the human race. Now, it's the church's responsibility to tap into His Word, His wisdom, and through the Word and the wisdom of God, be the ones that direct what God wants directed in the earth. See, if I was God, I would have just said, forget the stinking church. And I'd just do it all myself. But He didn't do it that way. And people that are waiting for God to do something, you're going to wait till hell freezes over, which it never will. Because God's already done everything He's going to do. Now, what God will do is He will, through the Holy Spirit, help you and I to understand what He wants and then do it His way. Let 
Matthew 16 and verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. This is where, where uh, Jesus is with his, some of his disciples. And he said, who, who do men say that I am? And some said, well, John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter jumped up and says this. He answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, not your natural thinking, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. This is wisdom, Jesus himself, this is wisdom saying that the church will be built on revealed Revelation, revealed wisdom. That's how the church is built. Church can't be built on anything else but the Word of God becoming the wisdom of God in our lives and us operating in it. That's how the church is built. That's how much responsibility is on you and I to learn this. God's not putting some responsibility that you have to understand and learn in three days. You know, if you're born again, you're not going anywhere except to the other side when it's your day. So you're not going anywhere. You, you, you don't have to get from point A to point B, you know, in the next 15 minutes. Just grow. Being part of a church, being a part of this congregation... I'm always giving you challenges. Take the challenges. Do something with it. I don't care if, you know, you only did half of the Proverbs, but you're still doing it. Man, it's affecting your life. I don't care if you just did it half the time. Just keep doing it. Keep doing what we say. I spend time all the time. I don't get credit for it. I'm not saying it like that. But I spend my time hearing from Him to deliver to you what you need to hear. And I promise you, you need to hear this today. Just do something with it. I'm, I'm the biggest note taker there ever was. My wife taught me to be a note taker. I didn't take any kind of notes. I just sat there and kind of listened. And I'd look over at her and she's... And I'm thinking, man, I need to start doing that. Man, I mean, I, I, blew it, I blew it up. I've got stacks of notebooks, you know, before I started taking notes in here or my phone or whatever. i got stacks of notebooks, and I go back over those notes all the time. Man, I'm thinking, I don't even remember hearing that word. And I said, I got all that from that? You know, I'll go back and look at some of those, so, some of those notes like that. Just do something... Take notes and then do something with one verse of Scripture. Sometimes I'll be listening to a message, somebody preaching a message, and God will speak something to me that doesn't have anything to do with the message. Man, I'll write that down. And all of a sudden, he starts speaking to me about something that I needed to hear. But I was listening to the Word, and that's where that came from. Hmm? If I was listening to John Wayne, I probably wouldn't have got it. Nothing wrong with John Wayne. And I've seen just about every one of his 96 movies. But he doesn't have the answers. He's got the answers. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so, I'm breaking this down, and then I'm going to give you a number of verses from Proverbs that have really spoke to me this year that I want to share with you some things that I've gotten from these Proverbs and how to get wisdom from these Proverbs, okay? So, so hear me on this. Um, so, we, so when you hear something like, the, the, like I'm delivering to you today, it's knowledge in your, in your head, okay? But wisdom revealed is the Holy Spirit taking what you think you know and showing you what only He can show you from the Father. So you have knowledge of something, but to extract wisdom from the knowledge is showing you what you think you know, but you don't know it like you need to know it. And Holy Spirit will show you things about the knowledge you have that you think you understand. He'll show you things that you've never understood. 
And I don't care how long you've been saved or not. You could be saved for three days. You could be saved for, you know, for 60 years. And He can show you something in a passage of Scripture by the Holy Ghost that you never saw before. And that's the wisdom that you need from that. That's the reason if you stay connected to God, you do it His way. You'll never get bored with the Word, ever. I mean, just flipping pages and reading through the Bible, trying to be spiritual, you know, boring, boring. No, five things you have to do. We've been talking about this in our, in our how to build a daily routine in our Connect Equip class um, on Monday nights. But five things you have, to, you have to do to grow in the things of God. Number one, you have to hear. Faith can never come without hearing. Number two, with the hearing comes a time of meditation. Number three, from the meditation comes the declaration, confessing the Word of God. Then there comes a time of praying the Word. And there becomes, number five, a time of doing the Word. So you have to hear it. You have to learn how to meditate the Word. You have to learn the importance of confession because without confession, none of the rest of it will work. You can hear, 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 have 900 different CDs and downloads of messages that you've listened forever and ever, but if you've done nothing with it, then you've got a head full of knowledge and no wisdom working through you. It takes all the parts to accomplish that. So, I gave you these three words and then I put these three definitions together. First, the word wisdom. The ability to understand knowledge the way others don't. The ability to understand knowledge the way others don't. Understanding, so wisdom is the ability to understand knowledge the way others don't. Understanding is grasping the significance of the wisdom that is revealed. Grasping the significance of the wisdom that is revealed. And the word significance is the quality of being worthy of attention, importance, seriousness, consequence, weightiness, and magnitude. And so those three I put together in this definition. The ability to grasp the significance of knowing the importance and the seriousness and the weightiness of revealed wisdom. The ability to grasp the significance. The ability to grasp the significance of knowing how important and serious that revealed wisdom is. It's not enough just to hear the Word and have a knowledge of the Word, but it must be revealed. And revelation will not come without meditation and without declaration. If you're not declaring and speaking the Word on a day-to-day basis, there's no seed of the Word that can begin to produce. But when you're putting the seed out there and you're continuing to do it, you're watering that, and over time, your thinking just begins to change. Most people don't believe it because they quit after about six months of being faithful. I'm just, you know, this is doing nothing. My circumstances haven't changed. You're not confessing it to change your circumstances. You're confessing it to change the way you think. So, follow with me in these Proverbs. And most of these are in the Passion Translation. Somebody asked me the other day, why do you read so much out of the Passion Translation? And I said, because when I study, when I study to minister the Word, I study from several different translations. I use the King James some, I use the New King James, I use the NIV, I use the New Living, I use the Passion, the, Ameri- the uh, Amplified Translation, I use these different translations. And, I, and, and then I have study books where I go and study the different words and what they really mean. And I have found the Passion Translation to have definitions of different words and to find different words that go back to the, the original Greek and Hebrew, and so, or, or the Greek at least, uh, the, the, the 
Well, the passion has a little bit of Hebrew in the Old Testament, in Psalms and Proverbs, or I wouldn't be reading this in Proverbs. But, um, but I've just noticed how accurate that I feel like that the Passion Translation is. Not always, but a lot of times. And then, so I'm reading most of these out of the Passion. Proverbs 24 and verse 13. Revelation knowledge is a delicacy. Sweet like flowing honey that melts in your mouth. Eat, a, eat as much of it as you can, my friend. For then, for then. Everybody say then. So, so revelation knowledge comes in the ways that I've just been talking about. Hearing the Word, meditating the Word, confessing the Word, doing something with the Word in your life, that's how revelation comes. And he said it's a delicacy. For then, when the knowledge you have becomes revealed wisdom in your, you know, on the inside of you, he said, for then you will perceive. See, you're changing the way you think. You're changing your perception of who God really is. Uh, earlier in our testimony, um, Courtney made the comment about, you know, just being a part of a, of a different denomination or whatever. Everybody say, thank God for all the denominations. All of them. I don't care who they are, whatever. They're all, they, at the end of the day, they're all talking about the same God. Can you say amen to that? I'm not, you know, talking about everybody's motives and all that kind of thing. But what I'm saying is, sometimes you can have some different ideas that when you come and you begin to spend time in the Word yourself, those ideas will change. And it's those ideas that need to change that get us out of the messes that we're in. So he said, he said, for then you will perceive what is true wisdom. Your future will be bright. Anybody in here want a bright future? Okay, where does that come from? Revealed knowledge, revealed wisdom. Wisdom revealed on the inside of us. The knowledge of what we think we know about God, but now it becomes who he says we really are. Your future is bright, and the hope living within you will never, <laughs> how often? Never. Anybody in here ever been disappointed? Everybody raise your hand. Everybody. Yeah, I want to see every, every hand in the house one time just for a second. Okay, everybody's hands up. Nobody's lying. Everybody's been disappointed. But this hope, when it's living real on the inside of you and me, it never disappoints. Proverbs 16 and 31. This is a great verse. Old age with wisdom will crown you with dignity and honor. It looks like in, in that piece of the verse, it looks like they're talking about old people. Uh, Lee Dunning's dad, when he lived here, he, he passed at 93, didn't he? I think it was 93. And, uh, and when he came to live here, he lived at uh, assisted living home down the river there, and he loved it, you know. And uh, I went to eat lunch with him one day, and I said, uh, so how are things going? He said, oh, man, I'm doing really, really good. He said, you know, I'm just taking care of all these old people. You know, and he, he was probably... At the time when he told me that, he was probably 88. He said, I'm just, I'm just here helping out all these old people, you know. He didn't see himself old, you know. Old is a mindset. It's the way you think. you got to change that thinking. But what he's saying here is not talking. This isn't a verse, somebody that's like over 75 years old. It's for them. It's for you. I don't care if you're 5 or 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. This is you. Old age with wisdom will crown you with dignity and honor. Who wants to leave this planet with dignity and honor? Okay, watch this. It takes a lifetime of doing what's right to acquire it. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, you know, I, I did some ugly things back then. Yeah, but you're forgiven for that. See, and when you embrace your forgiveness and you walk free from the things that you've done in the past, it's like you never did them because he's not keeping a record of that. 
And when you're not keeping a record of it, man, you can do what's right every day. And by the time you leave planet Earth to step over to the other side, you leave here with dignity and honor. But it takes a lifetime of it. Not for a couple years. Not till I get tired of it. No, a lifetime of it. A lifetime of it. Proverbs 10 and 8. The heart of the wise will easily accept instruction. The heart of the what? The wise? And, and how did they get wise? Because of the seed of the word that dealt with their pride and their rebellion and their attitude, thinking they know better, when, that, when the heart of the wise will easily accept instruction. Easily. But those who do all the talking are too busy to listen and learn. They'll just keep stumbling ahead in the mess that they're, I'll, I'll add the word in there, their mouth created. I'm, I'm just saying, you need these verses of Scripture to be coming out of your mouth on a day-to-day basis, reminding you of these things, because we want our lives on top and not underneath. And you get there by what you say every day. 14th verse, same chapter. Wise men, wise men, so that's what? Developed men, developed in the Word. Wise men don't divulge all they know. In other words, you don't tell everybody everything. Wise men. You ever said something, something came out of your mouth and it was like, you saw it going out of your mouth and you tried to bring it back? (laughs) Why did I say that? Huh? But the more you practice that, the less you'll be quick to speak. You'll be quicker to listen. And slow to speak and not get all involved in the anger and the frustration that comes with those kind of things. That's what he said right here. I don't want to stumble ahead in the mess that I've created. No. He said, wise men don't divulge all they know, but chattering fools, chattering fools blurt out words that bring them to the brink of ruin. Your mouth is your destruction or it's your life. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life, I think that's the verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit of it, whether death or life. You choose what comes out of your mouth. So death and life or blessing or destruction is not in the hands of God. He set it up for us to be blessed. But it's your choice. And it starts with what you say. 19th verse of the same chapter of Proverbs 10. If you keep talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. Prove your wise from the very start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. Do you see the word wise in there? I'm reading all these verses because the word wise is in there. See, you prove that you're wise because you've been practicing what it takes to have wisdom so that you're a wise person that because of the seed of the Word that's in there, it empowers you to shut up. See, I don't, I don't have to try not to talk. I have to declare the Word, let the Word change the way I think. And as a result of the seed of that, it empowers me within to keep my mouth shut. Because, see, we're seeing in here all the ugly things that can happen, and there's many of them. Through the book of Proverbs, how many have noticed that through the book of Proverbs, how much destruction comes from the result of what you say? Or the blessing and the life that comes. Amen? Proverbs 11 and verse 2. When you act with presumption, convinced that you're right... Don't be surprised if you fall flat on your face. But what leads to wisdom? Humility. Humility leads to wisdom. 
You know, when, when I first got saved, man, people were throwing that humble word out all over the place. And the, the people that I saw using the word humble, I didn't like them. I didn't like what I saw about them. And I didn't like what they said humility was. It was like, gosh, i got to be like that. i got to be that weak and like let people run all over me and do all this kind of stuff. I mean, I mean that, that's what I was hearing. And maybe that's not what they were saying, but that's what I was hearing. And that's what I was seeing, right? But true humility is just to humble yourself under God's mighty hand is to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I want to think like you. I'm thinking a certain way about this. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I'm angry. I, I, you know, I want to I vent over this situation, but I'm backing up. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm coming down, and I'm asking you to show me how to do this. That's what it means to humble yourself. You're going to God for the answer instead of you trying to figure the answer out. And he said, he said, humility leads to wisdom. And where does that start? With your mouth, what you say, day by day by day. <clears throat> and then the last one, and then I have a passage I'm going to read. Proverbs 17, 27. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Question mark. This is a good challenge right here. Did you hear what I said? What, or did you hear what it said, what God said? Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Well, that determines where you're at because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if all you got in, all, if all you have going in, your ears and your eyes, or what you're saying in a negative way, then that's what's going to come out. But if you're making declaration of what God says about things and you're beginning to change, I didn't say it'll change overnight, but over time it will change because the seed of the Word will begin to blossom and you'll have revelation and you'll listen to the voice on the inside of you that's saying, you don't have to get like that. You don't have to respond like that. You don't have to react to that situation like that. You don't have to have that know-it-all attitude. You don't have, he'll show you all those things. Man, when you live that way, then you know what? One really good thing is people don't want to hear from people that know it all. Talkers, people don't want to be around, oh my gosh, here they come again. Hide, hide, hide. Turn the other way. I mean, I'm sure people have done that to me. but not today. I don't have to talk. Somebody wants to hear from me, I'll tell them, but I don't have to talk. I can keep my mouth shut today. He said, so he asked you that question, and if you can't, okay, putting the, start putting the Word on it. Start making declarations of the Word. Don't try to change. Start putting the Word on situations. Start making declarations out of your mouth that line up with what you're struggling with. When fear tries to grip you, what you need to be saying out of your mouth is, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what God's given me. I don't have to give in to the fears and the things of life. I don't have to, I don't have to cave under pressure and be emotional under pressure and start, as Courtney was saying, you know, uh, start crying first and being emotional first. Now, I don't have to do that, but you won't not do it if you don't put the word on it. That's what empowers you to stop. That's what this church has been about for 33 years, and that's what we'll always be about. Discipling people with the power of God's word and them being convinced of who they are so that you can fulfill your destiny and your purpose. But you'll never fulfill your destiny and purpose when you can't bridle your tongue under pressure. You can't handle the pressure right now and you're wanting more pressure? Like people in Texas that say, you need to thank your lucky stars. Spirit-filled preachers don't say that. I'm just joking. 
You need to be thankful that certain things didn't come your way. God protected you because you weren't ready. Well, you know, it's just never happening. Well, because of a mouth like that. You need to be declaring every day what God says is yours. Every single day. He said, <clears throat> that's how you know. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? That's how you show that you are wise. That means you're developed. You're not, you're not developed. Keep developing. If you can control your tongue, but if you act like you'll never have a problem ever again controlling your tongue, you're in pride, and look out, it's going to come back. So just keep developing. We're all in the same boat. Maybe somebody's a little bit farther in a certain area. Whatever. Just keep developing. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing. That's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God revealed from the knowledge that you've heard preached, that you've taken and are meditating on, that you're making declarations out of your mouth with. That right there will keep you. I love the scriptures in Proverbs that say that, that trusting in man will bring destruction, but trusting in God is a safe place. I say that over myself every day. I live in a safe place. We live in a world that doesn't appear to be very safe, but they're glad, they don't know it yet, but they're glad that I'm here because it's a safe place because I'm here. How about you? Right? This place is a safer place because you and I are here because of what we do with God's Word. To trust God to have a developed faith and revealed knowledge, wisdom revealed on the inside of you, you're able to trust God, and that's a safe place. Can you say amen? So I want to leave you with this passage out of Proverbs 8, and I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read a few verses out of it. <clears throat> and um, I'm reading this out of, just out of the New King James, <clears throat> and it says this, Verse 1, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. I personally am connected with many, many parts. My wife and I, are, we're connected to many parts of the body of Christ around the world, around the world. I, I know many different ministers, pastors of the God, that, that preach the gospel. I have great friendships, connections, love what they're doing. Everybody has a part. But Actually, in the Scripture right here, you're seeing our part. This is what we've been called to do right here. Wisdom cries out at the gates of the, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. We've had a responsibility for 33 years to be at the doors, at the gates of the city. And, and what we pray every day and what we declare and what we preach has created much attack, many things that will come against you because you will be persecuted for the Word's sake and you don't know how deep that is. But that's our calling. Some people know it. Some of you that are here are learning it. Other people will come and they'll learn it. But that's our calling. We are called, our part to the body of Jesus Christ is to preach the Word, teach people how to confess the Word, teach people how to meditate the Word, teach people how to pray the Word, and teach people how to be doers of the Word. What I found in the body of Christ, 
a number of years ago, is that no, very few people that I knew knew what it meant to be a doer of the Word. That's our calling. The mantle is on us. It's on this, on, on this church body at the entrance of the doors, at the gates of the city, for the benefit of all humanity. We pray for every church in town every single day, every church, every pastor, every church in this town, that they would prosper, that they would advance, that they would succeed, that they would accomplish the purpose and the plan. But the other thing that we pray is that anything that is counterfeit out there is removed. I'm not talking about thinking about, see, if my mental mind was thinking about a church, say I don't like somebody, yeah, they're, they're a counterfeit. No, 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 no. I'm talking about anything that's counterfeit, business-wise, any, any kind of person, any type of ministry, any government official, I don't care what it is, anything counterfeit is being revealed. doesn't mean that they're being run off, it's being revealed. Because see, when revelation, knowledge, and wisdom comes to the heart of a person that is doing some counterfeit things, to be counterfeit is to be appearing that you're real. You have a counterfeit bill, it's going, they're paying with the counterfeit bill, and they're paying like it's real. But our prayer is that anything that's counterfeit is being exposed. So that people come to the light, they get free and carry on. That's our calling. With that, is much assault and attack. I'm, I'm not talking about like being a martyr, okay? I'm not saying that. But it just goes with the territory, and you don't know how deep that is. But it's part of it because if the church doesn't get what I'm talking about this morning, it'll be another hundred years. Doesn't have to be another hundred years. Jesus is coming back for a church with the devil under their feet. Not just a few hiding in a cave somewhere. That's who he's coming back for. Verse 6. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, wisdom will. And from the opening of my lips, I will, uh, uh, of the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. It can't be. That's what I'm saying. We know this is a fallen world. We know that He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. We know that. But He's put us here to make this like the next one. And we stay with it until He comes back. But it's a fallen world, and because of fallen people... You know, if the whole world gets a grip of this and we save every person and everybody comes to the full revelation of understanding, then we can do that. But in the natural, the Bible even says that won't happen, but that's our goal. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands, who has understanding, who's developed what we're talking about today. They understand. It's all plain to what I'm saying today. It's all plain. When you have wisdom of God revealed on the inside of you, then the things of God are plain. And if you've got some twisted thinking and you've and you got some counterfeit stuff on the inside of you, it'll come to the surface so you can move on. We're not, looking at, we're not looking at people as counterfeit like they're bad. There's nobody bad. But you have no revelation, you can do some ugly, bad things. And we want that off of people. How, how many say amen? That's our calling here at Gates of the City. They're all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Verse 30. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight. Talking about God in the beginning. This is wisdom in the form of the living word, Jesus. He said, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight 
was with the sons of men. Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction, as it's gone forth today, hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily, where? At the gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Whoever finds me wisdom, in other words, obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me, in other words, thinks they know better, they're going to do it their way, not do it his way, not develop his way on the inside of them. Whoever sins against me wrongs his own soul. In other words, he keeps his same old trash. I don't want the old stuff. Man, I had old stuff. I did some ugly things with old stuff. I want new stuff. How about you? I want it fresh every day. The mercy and the grace of God are fresh and new every single day, and that's what's ours. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me, they love death or destruction. They don't think they do, but they do because they're choosing their own way. And Isaiah says, you choose your own way, and, the, and that way is destruction. Can you say amen? I know I've went a little longer than I usually do in my message, and that was a lot of verse of Scripture. So, all that means is you'll have to go to the website or to the app and download the Word and go back and listen to it again. And it's free. Can you say amen? God's wisdom is the key to your success. This is my best year. Everybody say it. Amen. You heard a testimony of somebody that said one of the most difficult years. But difficult and best aren't the same thing. I mean, they're, they're, they're not in the same category. What you're, what you're declaring saying this is my best year, you're declaring what God says. In the natural, if it's not been your best year and that's all you're talking all the time, then it's not going to be a good year. But even when the natural circumstances don't line up, when the Word is there and it's revealed to you and it's doing things on the inside of you, it can be internally one of your best years and the natural will follow. Natural always follows spiritual. Always. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.